Welcome to The Resonance, the podcast about the energy industry from Alpha Energy Group. Hello and welcome to an Alpha Energy podcast. I'm Jeremy Nicholson, Corporate Affairs Officer at Alpha Energy, and I'm here with my colleague Nick Fedson, Carbon Compliance Analyst at Alpha Energy. Welcome to you. Morning, Jeremy. And we're here to talk about uh, net zero targets and science-based targets. There's been a lot in the news about net zero. Uh, What does it mean? How do science-based targets differ? And and why should energy managers be interested? Thanks, Jeremy. Um, Net zero has become a buzzword in 2019. but what we'd like to do today is kind of demystify a little bit differences in, in uh, between climate targets that organizations and now starting this year with the UK countries are setting for themselves. So I'd just like to define what a net zero target is and, and, and what a science-based target is first. Um, a net zero target defines a date by which an organization's emissions uh, are offset by, uh, by the same amount so that they reach net zero. So you can you can reach a net zero target through offsetting, or you can go about uh, reducing emissions within your organization uh, internally. Now, a science-based target, uh, it's, it's not, um, the two aren't mutually exclusive, but what a uh, science-based target is, is um, uh, a target that's been validated by the Science-Based Targets Initiative, and uh, it has to be compatible with uh, two degrees of global warming. Now, science-based targets have been around since the Paris Agreement was signed in 2015, and we all decided that two degrees of of global warming was uh, a safe limit to stay within. Now, science-based targets are validated uh, using modeling from the International Energy Agency and the uh, Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. Uh, So they cost money to validate. The methods that you use to set them are uh, very prescriptive and and uh, you know really there's a very stringent val- uh, uh, validation process. Now net zero targets uh, can be set by anybody. Um, all you have to do is uh, give a date by which you say that uh, your your emissions will will reach net zero, and then uh, take some steps to you know reduce the emissions within your organization or otherwise offset them. Now, uh, a net zero target could potentially be a science-based one. Uh, First of all, provided it doesn't use any offsetting because net zero targets can't use offsetting. And provided that it stays within the carbon budget of an equivalent science-based target. And in that sense, uh, a net zero target could be compatible with the two degree world. It's important to understand, I think, um, if I've got you right, that this isn't just an internal accounting exercise. It's something that has to be externally verified. Is that right? Um, in the case of science-based targets, yes. Um, the Science-Based Targets Initiative uh, will declare a target as compatible with a two-degree world, which makes it a, a, a science-based target. Now, uh, what organizations have to do for both net zero and science-based targets is get a profound understanding of their corporate emissions. Now, and this is because you can't manage what you don't measure, um, to, to, to go about setting yourself a climate goal and then achieving it, you need, to, you need to really understand how your emissions are represented in your organization. And we go about this by categorizing these emissions into what are called scopes. Now, there are three scopes. Um, Scope one refers to direct emissions. uh, And and this this means 
emissions that are produced by activities um, that your organization carries out that you conduct yourselves. Uh, so that could mean burning natural gas. It could mean driving a car for which you've purchased the fuel. Um, it could be you know, burning kerosene for heating. Um, so these are emissions that are directly produced by the organization. Scope two emissions are those related to upstream uh, electricity emissions. So uh, they're, 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 they're the emissions that result from consuming electricity and the associated emissions are produced at the power plant that produced your electricity or conversely the lack of emissions uh, that were produced if you're buying renewable energy. So those scope two emissions, those are the sort of things that are addressed by changing your supplier to to, to a renewable supply uh, and that kind of thing. Is that is that right? That's right. So scope one and two emissions reductions are sort of the obvious ways in which companies can go about reducing their emissions because they are they are related to the activities and and, and choices that that the the company has the, the the most amount of control over. So if you wanted to go about reducing your scope one emissions. Uh, you might focus on energy efficiency. Uh, one uh, good strategy is to try and electrify your processes. So if you use natural gas for a certain process, uh, think about switching that over to electricity if it's possible. And then what you've done is shifted your scope one emissions over to scope two emissions. If you wanted to reduce your scope two emissions, uh, think about buying uh, renewable energy or buying more renewable energy than you currently are. We have uh, contracts that state now that you can buy 100% uh, renewable energy. And scope three, this is about what, the what the wider supply chain? Is, is this a more complicated area for companies to understand and to, to monitor and control? That's right. So the third scope that we haven't talked about yet um, relates, and probably an easy way to, to describe what it is, is value chain emissions for an organization. So this is uh, all of the indirect uh, impacts uh, on, on carbon emissions that your organization has. So for example, if you outsource your logistics, uh, all of your logistics are suddenly scope three emissions. Now, scope one and two emissions are easy for companies to uh, get an understanding of and, and therefore control. Um, but scope three emissions actually represent the majority of corporate emissions in, in, in all organizations. And it's setting, uh, well, it's, it's understanding what these scope three emissions are, uh, the data collection process for, for footprinting scope three emissions, which has been uh, an obstacle to companies uh, setting and achieving uh, climate targets. Um, now, what net zero targets and science-based targets do and the organizations that are involved in promoting them um, what, what these are, are helping is, is to really get organizations to improve their, their understanding of their corporate emissions and go about uh, setting themselves climate goals that they can measure and they can measure their progress against and eventually achieve. Uh, clearly, some companies are already doing this. I mean, it'd be useful to know sort of roughly what, what those numbers are. And are there some particular examples people listening may be interested to hear about? Um, there have been about 700 uh, science-based targets that have been set now. Um, obviously, only, only um, corporations uh, can set them right now. Um, because anybody can set a net zero target and because it doesn't cost anything to have it validated, um, they currently impact, net, net zero targets currently impact one-sixth of global GDP. Um, there's some 
two interesting case studies for each. Uh, of course, the UK was the first uh, country this year to set itself a net zero target. Um, how exactly the UK is going to go about meeting that, that net zero target remains, uh, well, it's not, it's not fully clear yet. Um, earlier this month, uh, EasyJet announced its own net zero target. Uh, a lot of that is going to be met through offsetting. Uh, when it said it was giving itself a net zero target, it said it would become the world's first zero carbon airline. I think uh, one thing that's important to stress is that it's actually going to become the world's first net zero carbon airline. Um, in science-based targets, uh, Landsec, the UK's biggest commercial property developer, um, achieved its science-based target 11 years early. Uh, and what it's doing now is working with the science-based targets initiative to uh, revise that target and make it more ambitious. Um, well, that, that's interesting. And one wonders how many other uh, businesses, perhaps listening to this podcast or elsewhere, might, might, uh, might follow their example. Um, and in terms of motivation for, for the organizations and companies that, that are setting these targets, is it about um, their reputation? Is it about their business efficiency, sustainability generally, or investor pressure, or avoiding regulation? Or maybe it's a combination of all the above? I think it is a combination of all the above. Um, an important point uh, to make is that um, companies or organizations are, are realizing that they uh, have a, a role to play as environmental stewards um, in, in the face of uh, some governments that, that uh, don't take up uh, this, this, don't want to set the same standards uh, for climate. Um, uh, and they they realize that it's it's good business. Uh, I think in, increasingly um, organizations that do business with each other set themselves uh, sustainability criteria for for so organizations set sustainability criteria for for the parties that they choose to do business with, and um, they face internal stakeholder pressure as well. Um, and beyond that, uh, the 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 exercise in Carbon footprinting and setting yourself a climate goal can have some spillover benefits. You know the 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 the, the, the work that you do to to fully carbon footprint your business uh, can reveal much more about about your impact on uh, on the world beyond the environment. So there can be wider benefits from the business as well as uh, reducing, let's say, your energy consumption and your energy spending, important though that is. Uh, there may be wider benefits that, that benefit other parts of a, of a company. Exactly. Um, and, and, and finally, you know, for those listening and considering whether they should uh, or their organization should set a, a net zero target or a science-based target, you know, who should they be talking to if they, if they want to go down the, the science-based route? Uh, what, 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 what should they be thinking about? I think uh, what businesses really have to do is understand the expectations that their customers or their shareholders or uh, stakeholders uh, have for them with regards to the environment. Um, what a business should do is, is consider how feasible um, structural changes internally are uh, related to its emissions. If it's in a difficult to decarbonize sector, uh, something like a net zero target that is partially met through offsetting might be more suitable. Um, if a business, on the other hand, uh, decides that it wants to go through a, uh, a validated process uh, like setting a science-based target, uh, which can do a lot for, for its sort of uh, public image because you, 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 your, your science-based target uh, gets put into the public domain, 
um, it can go away and speak to either a, a consultancy or, or the science-based targets initiative and get some help in setting one. Well, well, thank you. I hope you found that discussion useful, um, as, as uh, we have found it interesting. So thank you, Nick, very much for that. Uh, thank you for joining us. And if you'd like to find out more about uh, Alpha Energy reports and analysis, uh, please visit our website, alphaenergygroup.com forward slash UK. And uh, goodbye from us. And I hope you're able to join us in another podcast soon.